0: Uh, If we've never met before, my name is Eve, um, and I'm on staff here. Um, I just wanted to take this time to welcome you. If this is your first time, we're so absolutely stoked um, that you're here. Um, And before we get started, I'm just going to pray for us, okay? God, I just thank you for these students um, that are here. God, open their hearts and open their minds um, to what you want to tell them tonight. God, uh, speak through me. Um, Help me to communicate clearly. Um, God, we just love you, we praise you so much you 're ready pray amen. so uh, the last couple of weeks we 've been going through this series um, called Impossible, looking at the miracles of Jesus through John in the Gospel of John and so when we say miracles, right we mean like the things that are impossible, hence the name. Um, so last week we talked about or Heather talked about the um, healing of the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda, and this week um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, first though, for those of you that don't know me, don't know my story, don't know really who I am, I want to tell you something a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in a military family. So me and my mom and my dad and my sister and my brother, we moved all over the place all the time. And it was kind of the best. We had a lot of awesome experiences. Um, we did a lot of things that most kids really didn't get to do. Um, but I did have to give up some things that were super valuable to me at the time. So uh, this photo is me in the fifth grade with my best friend from the sixth grade, or the fifth grade, in Hawaii, uh, where we lived. And she's the best, super awesome. Her name is Olivia. Um, we used to hang out all the time. Like we used to take beach trips together, homeschool, um, um, field trips, uh, things like that. We just hang out, hung out all day, all the time. Um, but when I moved out of the state, all the way across the country to Virginia, um, I had to give up hanging out with her every single day, right? I had, it took me moving away, 6,000 miles away or something, um, to even be okay uh, giving up hanging out with her every day. And I share that story of uh, Olivia and I to explain that it takes a lot, a lot for us to get to a state of willingness to give up something that is valuable to us. So uh, thinking about that, we're going to be um, reading in the book of John, chapter six, verses one through three, uh, 15. And if you guys have your Bible, it'd be awesome if you could turn there and we could read together. Uh, So we're going to start in verse one of chapter six. After Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. So we see at the beginning of this passage, right? Jesus and his friends, um, his disciples are hanging out after they had just been out on um, their first ministry assignment. It's kind of in the beginning of uh, Jesus's ministry. And a lot of people um, are th- that heard about what Jesus had been doing, the miracles or signs that Jesus had been doing, <clears throat> And they were coming toward him, coming up to him, you know, kind of interested. But these people weren't coming um, out of strictly believing that Jesus was who he said he was. They were more so coming um, just out of curiosity, kind of wondering what was up. And so this was no small crowd either, right? Like wherever Jesus went, there was a huge crowd that followed. Um, And so this is the Passover, around the time of Passover. Passover. And if you aren't sure what Passover is, um, it's a Jewish holiday uh, that is celebrated um, in remembrance of when God used Moses to deliver the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt. So as we continue, uh, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him for he knew himself what he would do as I said before, um, this was not a small crowd, right? Like John talks about in this passage, like the the title of, in my Bible is Jesus feeds the 5,000. 5,000 people is a lot, but that was not including all the women and children that were also there. That was just the men. Um, So in reality, while this says Jesus fed the 5,000, he actually fed about 20,000 people total, including um, the women and children that were there. And verse six, right, is one of my favorite verses in the whole passage. Uh, it's after Jesus asks Philip uh, what they should do to feed the people. It says, he said this to test him for he knew he himself what he would do. He already knew um, what he was going to do because he already knew of the willingness um, of a boy in the crowd to give up um, what he had. And so we continue. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? So here we see it gets brought up uh, by Philip that it would take 200 denarii's worth to even make a small dent in feeding the amount of people that were there. And that still wouldn't be enough for everyone to have their fill. And so to put that into perspective of today, uh, 200 denarii is about seven months worth of wages for a worker back then. Um, and now that's approximately $17,000 today. That's a lot of money. Um, so honestly, no wonder Philip was so stressed out about how they were going to feed all these people. And so he brings up the the five loaves of, of uh, the five barley loaves, right? The, the loaves you're thinking um, are the modern day super big loaves of bread. And I think it would be kind of funny if um, the boy's just carrying around five loaves of bread. I think that would be hilarious. But in reality, um, at this time, the loaves actually meant like muffin sized. So it kind of makes more sense why the boy was carrying five of them just for himself, um, not five whole modern day. Loaves of bread. Um, so we can kind of figure out from this um, that the boy was poor, right? He wasn't of high status um, because barley loaves was often something that people with not really a lot of status at the time or low income uh, would eat. So Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. So here we notice how Jesus gives thanks um, before he gave the food to all these people. And I don't know about you, but I get very hungry very quickly. And I get hangry. Hangry is not a good feeling. But he was still an example to these people of like, hey, we still need to give thanks to God. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. And so it's important to recognize here Jesus' heart um, in this moment of not wanting to waste Anything, not a single scrap. He's specifically talking about food um, in this passage, but we see this characteristic of Jesus in our daily lives right now, right? Like we can trust him if he wants to um, if he's so adamant about not wasting or not wanting to waste something as little and seemingly meaningless as leftover bread and fish, will he not not waste our suffering and the hard things that we go through in life, right? So when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come to the world. Perceiving that they, had, that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew to the mountain by himself. So at the beginning of this whole passage, uh, right, there's this, there's, when there was a big old struggle, um, a lot of hungry people, there was a young boy who had a willing heart. With, with his dinner, maybe his lunch, I don't really know, um, of the five barley loaves and two fish, we can see something that is so important to have in a life with Jesus. Um, I want you guys to think about a question that I really mulled over while I was reading this passage. What would it take for you to be willing to give up something that has a lot of value to you? And to fully understand what the word willing, we have to fully understand what the word willing means to really give Understand why this is such a big deal. So to be willing means to be ready or to be eager or to be prepared to do something. This boy was willing to give everything he had for a meal that was supposed to be just for himself um, to, to give to Jesus, not knowing what would happen next, whether he would actually eat. Um, he didn't really know what was going to happen. And so there was no hang time in this um, passage, right? He just, he just gave it away. Um, he was willing and he gave. And when Jesus asked us to be willing um, to give away something that has a lot of value to us, it's never to harm us, right? It might be an inconvenience, but it's never to hurt us or to harm us. And so the boy of my, might have felt um, inconvenienced at the moment of giving away all his food, right? Like, that's kind of sad but Jesus made it into something so much more than it could have been by itself. And so I think for some of us, right, being willing to give up something with a lot of value to us um, takes us knowing exactly what will happen next, or maybe even being completely aware um, of what exactly will happen when we give up that thing that we hold of such value in our hearts. But Jesus just asks us to show up with a willing heart. And so we see this willing spirit um, put on perfect display by Jesus, right? When he, a perfect sinless man, um, dies on a cross for each of our sins, right? And rose again three days later. This is the most perfect example of what I'm talking about when I say a willing spirit. Jesus, who was spotless, was eager and willing to die for us so that he could bridge the gap between us and God. So then the question is, right, how do we become more open to letting Jesus use us or how do we have a willing spirit, have more of a willing spirit? Kind of like the boy who was um, willing to give up his meal without hesitation. Um, So first, I think, is asking for it, right? We ask God to give us a willing spirit. In Psalm 51 verse 12, it says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with the willing spirit, with a willing spirit. And in the Psalm, right, David is asking God um, to, to, with, to uphold him or sustain him and um, giving him a spirit of willingness in his heart. I think we can boldly ask for that same thing. Secondly, I think to choose obedience. Um, obedience is a direct result of willingness, right? Obedience is a direct result of a willing heart. Um, when we are willing and have asked God to give us that willing and eager spirit, um, obedience to do what he tells us in his word, like love our neighbor and make disciples becomes easier. Um, while, while it's not natural and it doesn't come naturally to us because we are sinners, it does become easier because we are more willing to do what the Lord says for us to do in his word. So I'll, I'll close with this. Jesus uses our willingness and our obedience for his glory. And while he doesn't have to, while he doesn't have to use our willing hearts or our obedient actions, um, to do anything, he can choose to, he can choose to use those things for his glory. And I think that's really cool. Um, so I'm going to pray for us and then we can head into community groups. God, I just thank you uh, for these friends. Again, God, um, thank you for their attention. God, thank you that you um, have captured each one of their hearts, God. I just ask that you give us boldness um, to ask for a spirit of willingness and help us to be obedient after we ask for that willing spirit. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for what he did for us on the cross. And he... Thank you for his perfect example of what it looks like to have a willing spirit God help us to model that um, and to be more like Jesus uh, God we love you and we praise you please bless our time in community groups and uh, bless our conversation um, and your're name pray amen